CZ895, which isn't enough numbers, but it's what it says on this phone. Will it work? <laughs> Give it a try. CZ895, because it can't be a post-apocalyptic call-in show without your calls. <laughs> yes, we haven't had any calls yet, but uh, hope springs eternal. How about some background music from this terrible CD? You know those zombie movies where the people never saw zombie movies? It's kind of weird, right? Like, what kind of movies do they have in that world? I mean, The Undead seems like a pretty simple story idea. I, mean, I see how you get there. What scares us makes a monster. Bats, vampires, wolves, wolfman, or wolfwoman, or let's be inclusive. <laughs> wolf person, person currently experiencing wolfness. Lycanthropic American? I mean, we could say werewolf, that of which, well, but it's a werewolf the same as wolf. Wolf. Wolf, that's a weird word. You ever hear anyone say werewolf instead of werewolf? I had a friend who did that, werewolf. Stay on topic, Phil, come on. Things that scare us. Death. Death scares us. Uh, zombies, well, also vampires, the mummy, uh, Dybbuk. That's an obscure Jewish one. Huh, lots of undead monsters. Yeah, in, in those, those zombie movies, they never heard of zombies. I mean, shouldn't they be used to be like, oh, oh, well, they're like mummies, only not in bandages and really bitey. Bitey mummies. Unless they don't have mummies either, I mean. I mean, maybe there are no movies about the dead people coming back in that universe. Maybe death never scared people in that world. If so, then what media do they have? Maybe there was a zombie movie in that universe, but it was bad, it bombed, and... Nah, maybe I'm being too hard on those zombie movie protagonists. I mean, it's not their fault. Pop culture didn't prepare them for the undead. Seems so obvious. But then again, when the mushrooms started killing everyone, no one saw that coming. I mean, when some mushrooms became sentient with 40 mouths and ate everyone, no one saw that coming. I mean, when people's eyes turned purple from spores, we just Instagram it. Just, I mean, we fell right into the fungi trap. I mean, come on, Hollywood. Why didn't you warn us about the danger of mushroom monsters and fungi plagues? Wait, did they? I mean, wasn't Day of the Triffids about evil plants or the happening? I mean, didn't that have, like, scary shots of menacing trees? That was terrible. I mean, but who's laughing now, huh? Yeah, I, I know. Fungi aren't plants, I know. But it's... Well, it's not movie's fault. Give Hollywood a break. I'm trying to be more positive. I mean, positive is good. See, we have a few rules here in the bunker for the Phil in the Morning show, which you are listening to now. Phil in the Morning. Even though it's probably not morning, but I'm broadcasting anyway. Me. Phil. Anyway, rule one, be positive. Rule two, no one ever wants to hear about your dreams. Rule three, we don't talk about the composting toilet because, well, we share a lot, but what happens in the composting toilet stays in the 
I already said too much. The rest of the rules are under debate. But the big rule, positivity. When you're in Dead Cousins Bunker broadcasting to all the good folks over the airwaves, it's positivity. Let the smile be your umbrella. Well, what does that mean? First off, a smile is the wrong way for an umbrella. That is a saying, right? I mean, let a smile be your umbrella. And did I make that up? Am I mixing it up? I know you turn your frown upside down. Let a smile be your umbrella. Nah. What? It's like a Rene Magritte painting of a saying. Like, it's so abstract and... You know what would just be nice? If we could just strike that from our lexicon, you know, that would be nice. Also, what would be nice is a world that wasn't at the mercy of mushroom monsters. Yeah, that'd be pretty nice. I named this show Phil in the Morning in a very short-sighted way because what time is it, you know? I don't know. Does anyone know? Does anybody really know what time it is? <laughs> well, if you do, call in. CZ895, I hope you do. <laughs> I was always rather hopeful. I liberal arts major, democratic socialist. Yeah, obviously, I'm overly optimistic. Not like Kevin, my cousin, once owner of this bunker, before he... You think I called him crazy for building it, setting up this whole... Well, who's the idiot now? He's dead. Which might be... I'm here... By the time I got here, he was already gone. Have we talked about this? Probably, but for the new listeners, first-time listener, long-time caller, that's not, that's not how it goes. It was Ginny's idea to come here, I think. I start to remember, I... When everything went all shroomy, all the fungus monsters... Mutant, uh, what's the right? Some people say the walking, killing, 40 mouth mushrooms used to be humans that transformed, but people said a lot of shit back then. At the rest area, at the rest area holding zone, people had every kind of theory. Did you see them, the monsters? I did. On the news, not in. Well, we did see some, not the vicious ones. We saw some in the field. Ginny and me, when we were, they were like giant mushroom cows with these big stalk legs. They were just there, peaceful in a way. I, but the main big bad fungus monsters, like the one that ate Congress, only ever saw them on TV. Ah, but what they say... <laughs> You've seen one mushroom monster running amok. You've seen them all. Well, maybe that's insensitive. They don't all look the same. But on TV, they all look... terrible. Uh, TV. Well, it was this magic box that had tiny people who would pretend to be other people and have problems. We cared about their problems because our problems were too much for us to deal with, so we put our problems on their tiny pretend problems, and it helped us forget our problems and feel better for a little while. Yeah, it, it was crazy. I'm trying sometimes just to collect all of my life 
and stuff it into a bag for the future. Not for myself, but to provide some sort of record for who we were, what we are, what I was. I'm not average, per se, but I'm pretty ordinary. It's like how there are three kinds of averages, mean, median, and mode. I never really got mode. Mode was weird, but well, we all like to think we're something special, something never before seen, great new ideas. But I bet there was a Mongol out on the steppe who also thought his friends might be imaginary. Persian rug dealer who felt sad whenever he looked at the moon. A million forgotten people who felt the same joys and terrors. The Romans hated the ocean. I mean, they were really scared of it, of what was in there. That's not, I mean, I'm not afraid of the sea. It's just funny in a way. The thing about them, scared of the ocean. They probably thought they were the most modern progressive society ever, but when time keeps going, it keeps getting... We always think we're better than all those old civilizations, and yet at the same time are so obsessed with the past, with the good old days. Is the past better? Well, now with the mushrooms, yes. A hundred percent, yes. The Clinton years don't seem so bad. Even the Bush years. Either Bush. I take either Bush over the mushrooms. Or at least we know. That's why the past is enticing. It works out. I mean, even with the scary stuff we survived, there was a future past the past. When you're in the middle of it, you're not sure. Like when 9-11 happened, there was news. Much news. And unlike the mushrooms, the news stayed on. I remember being like, I just wish I was a year out. A year out, I can have perspective. It's so hard to see when you're in the dark at the beginning of the tunnel. That other shoe was always over your head waiting to drop it with this. I mean, shoes could be dropping all the time. I wouldn't even know. It's all happening. I can't get out from under the happening. Even if I could see for miles, what could I do? I'm ordinary. Don't have much to offer a society, but maybe I can just give you a sense of what it was like to be alive in a world. Unpack history. Hit the highlights. George Washington, World War II, Genghis Khan, Rome, Soviets. Not in that order. I'm not good at this. But Ginny, my wife, my dead wife, she curated things. She took art and history and she put them in order. It wasn't always right or complete. Never complete. She would sometimes look at two paintings hanging next to one another and be like, that's the best we can do. She would say, they're going to think things that aren't things. She said that a lot. They're going to think things that aren't things. It sounds like a bunch of nonsense, but in context, I mean, if you put two paintings on the same wall, people will compare them or link them because that's how our brain works, even if they're not connected. Maybe especially if they're not connected. They're going to think things that aren't things. Sometimes she had to put up certain artwork because some donor donated them. She'd get mad and look at the room and then block out certain pieces with her hands. Or, or she wouldn't get the pieces she wanted because the curator at the Smith Museum of Art was a real asshole. Her words. We don't all deserve a museum, but we don't deserve to be forgotten either. It'd be just the dust under the boots of great men. Because great men once were nobody. 
Ginny deserves a museum. You would have loved her museum. Instead, you get the museum of Phil. My labels and wall text are this rambling, barely connected. The font is probably Comic Sans. Let's be honest. Papyrus, nothing solid or staid like Ariel or Times New Roman. My museum is more like one of those cabinets of curiosity rich weirdos had in the 1700s where they take all of everything and just barf it under the walls, just cram everything they could find. There's always a stuffed alligator hanging from the ceiling. But maybe, maybe if you sort through all the junk, all the artifacts, Byzantine gum wrappers and food fighters and hand-drawn maps, you'll manage to see it. It's, it's, it's a lot to sort through, but I, I don't know what you like. What piece will resonate with you? The blue Egyptian pottery? Renaissance icons? Jade carved to look like cabbage? Fabergé eggs? Spatula or pins? We got it all. Just listen long enough and I'm sure you'll probably go crazy. But think about the fall of Rome, the burning of Beijing, the earthquakes, the floods, the, the beauty that was destroyed. Maybe the mushrooms will wash all these words away. I'm, I'm trying to record these shows, but I'm not sure if it'll work. And sometimes whole episodes get erased or don't get recorded or I forget to hit the button. Or I know I've screwed up saving them. I'm not listening back. I'm not going to check the tapes. I'm, I'm here to say I'm here. If you're listening, then you're here. Thank you. That's a small, amazing thing in itself. We get to be here. In the light, in the dark, in the haze of red mushroom spores. I don't know why it's you and me, but it is. Welcome to my museum of the unextraordinary, neurotic, slightly balding man. Admission is free on Thursday. We're closed on Mondays, because that's what Garfield would want. But we stay open late on Wednesday. I don't know why, but I also don't know why Wednesday has an end in it. Mysteries abound. Here we go. And hopefully, I get to see the gallery you build. Don't worry, I'm easily impressed. Look, I'm alone in a bunker. No crowds here. No anything here. Just me and that page-a-day Garfield calendar and that one random CD. Why did Kevin think that was the only reading material he'd need? A page-a-day Garfield calendar? We already ran through all the strips when I did that Marathon Garfield show the first week. I got this transmitter running, and yeah, I should have paced myself. That was too much Garfield. He sure loved lasagna. I assume he's dead, too. Garfield. Yes, he's fictional, but the guy who made him got crushed by a mushroom, so some things outlive their creator, but how many books are left? There were these sort of pale orange translucent mushrooms that were eating all the paper. Like, libraries just overnight were infested, covered. The books just sucked up by mushrooms. Wasn't bad enough they killed us. They had to eat up all our art, too. Maybe call in and we can talk one-on-one. I'll show you my mushroom scars, you show me yours, and we'll just... We'll be honest. We'll talk about how the mushroom monsters killed everyone we ever... Let's be fair, it wasn't the mushroom monsters that killed my... 
It was the mushroom plague which brought about the monsters. It's a distinction without a difference. Am I using that term right? A distinction without... Stay positive, Phil. Let's... Long-time listeners know I have just one random CD that we've listened to a hundred times. It's pretty amazing, right? When you live in your dead cousin's bunker after the whole... The kicker is, he managed an indie radio station for years. Before he... He got mailed hundreds, if not thousands, of demo CDs and tapes. He had a giant box labeled demos. I saw it. It was overflowing. I get to the bunker. I seal myself away. And what do I find? One CD. <laughs> it's just a burned CDR with no artwork, no label, no liner notes, no, 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 nothing. This is what's left. This. Let's listen to some of the last music on earth. What is that, right? <laughs> it's just... When I was a kid, I loved collecting toys. It's like this back-of-the-brain collector impulse you have. A need to complete a set, or you just want toys. Now, I don't know if that's because of the capitalist system, or the capitalist system was created because we have this compulsion to own things. I, I don't know. It doesn't end. We carry that over. In middle school, I loved collecting Marvel trading cards. Then as I got older, books. I love books. Obviously, Kevin did. That's why this bunker only has that stupid Garfield... I really don't know what he was thinking. We brought books. When we loaded up the car and we escaped. Tried to escape, tried to... We took books. Ginny, she brought a copy of The Little Prince, the third book in the Wheel of Time series, Pale Fire, and I took like a handful of random Philip K. Dick books, like I was going on vacation, or like I was going to the beach reading Ubik somewhere. You're just so stupid when you're packing to never come back, and the world is thick with mushrooms. You make dumb choices, you just... You... It's all just things. I mean, maybe Kevin just... Maybe the mushrooms came before he could finish stocking up. You prep, and you prep, and you prep, and then it happens, and I think he died quickly. Too quickly to get ready for it, or... You think there's time. It's like how if you live someplace, you never go to a tourist attraction. Like, you live in New York, and you never go to the Statue of Liberty because you think, hey, it'll always be there. It'll be. Then it's gone, or you're gone, and you never went. But really, well, it's not that great. It's great, sure, but the inside, it's not the... <laughs> It's fine. You should go. We should. After this all blows over, we'll go there and we'll eat at the overpriced cafe, like 12 bucks for a hot dog with no toppings. We can buy a pen. A pen that says Statue of Liberty. I'm not sure why it says that. It's just a pen. But every time you look at it, you and me, we can remember the expensive hot dog, the big green lady, the lack of mushrooms killing us. The... We're alive. We're still here. You, me, the pen, it's... it's... The sound of the water, the smell of your gum, spearmint, never peppermint. Ah, the memories are so vivid. Your hand's so warm when you put it on my hand and you ask, are you going to finish that expensive hot dog? You just take a bite of the bun, you eat it. Not because you like it, not for any reason, just because. Ginny and I went to the Statue of Liberty once. We... We wanted to go because we thought it would be funny. I'm not sure why. It wasn't funny. But sometimes acting like dumb tourists, we were dumb tourists, was something you did. We were just afraid to say that we wanted to go without putting some sort of patina on it. Wish I had that pen. 
I wish I... What, I wish I had anything, really. That's weird, the things we want. Especially when we're kids. They had these toys called food fighters. When I was a kid, they were not popular, and they didn't make a lot of them. But I, for whatever dumb kid reason, I had to have them. They were army guys, like G.I. Joes, but food? Like there was a general who was a donut, like a demolitions expert, or that was a box of fries. I was crazy for them. I was, I remember I left my house when I was like 10, and I walked like a half a mile to this 5 and 10 store so I could buy them without my jacket, and it was cold, and I was, my mom found me, and she was furious, because I was not supposed to leave the house. Certainly not without my jacket. She was just shaking with anger and fear. And I was like, Mom, I just want to buy a chocolate chip cookie man who has a machine gun and hates that hot dog grenadier. I was, she was just crying. I didn't get it. I didn't realize that I could hurt her, scare her. I was just so focused on me and those toys. Shit, it's... And where are those dumbass toys now? Probably in a landfill. Probably just stuffed in a landfill, decomposing and releasing some toxic plastic gas. Maybe that'll kill the fungus. Oh man, that would be great, right? Imagine if our terrible impulses, our love of creating junk and polluting is what saves us. Hey! Let's do an ad! Today's show is brought to you by Sporaway, the spray that kills evil mushroom spores. That would be great if that existed. Sporaway, not safe on pets or goats, because goats aren't pets. That's the Sporaway promise. Get out of here, goats! Damn weird rectangle pupils. That's just messed up. Nothing in nature should have corners, especially goat eyes. Do you ever eat goat? Oh, there used to be this Indian restaurant Ginny and I used to go to. They had a buffet. Why is it that at Indian restaurants, a main dish is like 10 bucks, but then they have like a, a lunch all-you-can-eat buffet for like 8 bucks? How is it they charge 10 bucks for one dish, but all-you-can-eat for less? How is that a thing? It's spore away! Yes, spore away! The spray that... Oh, who cares? Commercial over. Not our best ad. I miss Indian food. Oh man, I'd pay so much for some sog paneer right now. Maybe this is just me, but you know how sometimes you think like you see a ghost or something in the corner of your eye, but it's not there? But for a second, you think it is. Maybe you're making up even seeing it just to keep yourself interested, because at least if you're going crazy, that would be a break from staring at the bunker walls with their terrible paint color, listening to that weird CD on repeat while you try to sleep. But, but seriously, folks, you should see the paint. It's a really light yellow. Who does that? Who picks that? Kevin. Yeah, maybe it's Kevin's ghost I'm seeing. Maybe he's forced to haunt this bunker because of his shitty paint choices. Are you there, ghost? Hello? Well? Sorry, folks, little technical difficulty with me getting mad at a ghost that doesn't exist. Maybe the paint was on sale or free. What are your thoughts? Call in. We have a phone line here. It works. There's a dial tone. Kevin set it up before when he built this whole bunker. He wired up this broadcasting thing, which he told me on a previous visit was for emergency use only. He said that. He made that very clear when we toured this bunker, and he always made me tour the bunker. 
That's how I know about the phone. The number, CZ895. If you're worried about breaking the rhythm of this very professional show with a ringing phone, it doesn't ring. It just lights up. There's a nice little, like, cube on the phone that lights up when there's a call. Call in, and I'll see the light, and, and I'll, I'll see the light. Sounds so hopeful. Because I am hopeful. Still hopeful after all these... I think Kevin only got this non-ringing light-up phone because it was cheap and Radio Shack was going out of business. Maybe it came with the paint. Radio Shack's famous phone and paint sale. That should have been a thing. If they sold paint, they'd still be in business. Well, no, because of the mushrooms. But maybe. Maybe the mushrooms would have appreciated Radio Shack's forward-thinking paint-selling prowess. Maybe everything would have been different. R.I.P. Radio Shack. Kevin, even when he was a kid, his favorite place was Radio Shack. He had a birthday party there. I didn't even know they did that, but he... Well, for enough money, you can have a birthday anywhere, I guess. We, we all made little circuits. Oh, Kevin. He was very... Kevin used to be normal. He became a radio guy for... Well, eventually, he worked for this real right-wing guy. I don't want to get into politics. Not that there are politics. That giant portabella sucked the Senate dry. Right on live TV, remember that? Then the late-night guy, he was like, I've heard of a bipartisan deal, but this is a bipartisan meal for that mushroom. We laughed and laughed. Then it kept getting worse. We still laughed because it was all just so... What else do you do? There are stories about Jews in concentration camps making jokes, laughing. Because otherwise, my wife was Jewish. I was too, sort of. Not officially, but... But she told me that back in the Roman times, there were a lot of Romans who followed Judaism. But they weren't officially Jewish. But they could go to services and pray. They only had to follow, like, ten rules because they weren't born Jewish. They had less rules, but they were still part of the group. They called them the righteous Gentiles. For the people born Jewish, they had like, I don't know, maybe 543 rules because they were chosen. Being the chosen people, that wasn't like a good thing. It wasn't bad either. It was just, it just was. They had all these extra rules because of it. But these others, these righteous Gentiles, they could be like just the big five rules or 10, however many, maybe it was 12, whatever it was. It was like a lot less for me than her. Righteous Gentiles, it's a pretty cool term. It's a good name for a bar trivia team or like a skateboard team. Was that a thing? Skateboard team? It's like, yo, righteous Gentile, dude. Thanks, bro. Let's go to our shofars and do extreme davening. Awesome. High five. Explosion in the background for no reason. Less rules, rules for this righteous Gentile. Less rules, but still rules. Every couple has their own systems. She was so detail-oriented. I was more big picture. Maybe I was just dumb, lazy. She had a master's and was so close to getting her doctorate. Art history. She could only perform surgery on paintings. I bumbled around, barely managing to keep my five rules, and she was all... She was... People always talk about how good their wife smells, or girlfriend, or whatever, but Ginny was... I'm not saying she smelled bad. She smelled like a, a, a person, because she was allergic to scents and soaps. Even her clothes, we had to use scent-free stuff. She just smelled like her. Usually when they talk about how a woman smells, they're really talking about how a soap smells, or a, a, a perfume. A woman smells like sweat, or skin, or whatever. It, it is a certain smell, a real person's smell. I can't explain it. It's, it's like home. Like it triggers a, a, 
a response. Like, I feel safe when I smell it because it's her. It's, oh, I can sort of remember it. It's like remembering, remembering. It's, each day it gets more, Let's stay positive, okay. How about some mood music? This CD, it's not the worst. Maybe I'm just getting musical Stockholm syndrome. Music is weird, right? I try to figure out the instruments, but really, it's just magic. All these noises come together and make something beautiful. I mean, even this, it, what is that, a, a saxophone? Let's just marinate in this nonsense for a minute. Take a breath. Thanks for this, Kevin. Really, just of all the CDs in the world, this. Like I said before, Kevin was the producer for this right-wing radio guy who had all these crazy doomsday theories and was really into buying gold. My cousin just, at some point, just bought in. Not to the gold, I don't think. I haven't found a treasure hoard yet, but that's probably good because that would attract a dragon. And then I'd be like, dragons are real? And the dragon would be like, yep. I'd be like, you talk? The dragon would say, talking is one thing, but I really don't know if I have anything to say. I'm like, Dragon, you gotta be confident. And the dragon is afraid because he was never confident. And I'm like, I will help you. We train, we learn, we grow, we get closer. Too close? Do we kiss? No. But there's a sexual tension you can cut with a knife. But we come from two different worlds. Him from dragon world, me, the human world. I've never been with a dragon, but I'm having feelings I've never felt. He's having them too. But still, he's shy, and he has this big debate contest coming up. Oh, did I mention there's a big debate contest, and if he loses, Mr. McGillicuddy, the corrupt land developer, will tear down the Boys and Dragons Club and replace it with the evil club of evil gentlemen. The evil gentlemen are all there rubbing their hands together, and one of them is a Japanese businessman. By the way, this little dragon man love story is one of those movies from the 80s that doesn't hold up, which explains the Japanese businessman, because... There was a time we were scared of Japanese businessmen taking over everything. It was a magical period between commies and terrorists when we didn't know who to be afraid of. We tried Japanese businessmen for a little while. Volcanoes, asteroids, computers. Oh, that was a big one. Evil computers. There was even a movie where the internet became an actual net and would catch people and eat them. Well, you don't think that was a movie? Prove me wrong. That's one benefit of a dystopian world. When the past is destroyed, you can say anything happened, because why not? Past is over. The future is unknown. Only this moment is real. Now, this moment. Now, this moment. Now. The past is unknowable, and the future is uncertain. Yet I've always loved history. Moments, things, museums. I worked at several museums. 
bookstores, cafes. I was a professional, unprofessional. Ginny was the academic. She she had a book published, very small run, University Press. She did the real work. She was an educator and a curator when we... No, um, not today with that story. Not. Ginny was... She was so... I was just a moon orbiting her. Or maybe I was a planet and she was the sun. Depends on the planet. Depends on the sun. Depends. Some moons are cool. Io. That's a good moon. See, that's my problem. I, I get distracted. I'm just a shoebox of random things. Io is a cool moon. Great, Phil. Real. I'll take. I have lived in a world and loved a world and never understood its basic parts. Hopefully somebody smarter than me can listen back and pick out the important bits. Because when we have our whole life, it's hard to see what's important and what's just noise. From inside the whale, it's hard to know which way is up. But look, that's a saying, right? Like from a poem, when you're inside a whale, it all seems hopeless. But you can't let that hope die like so many krill. You have to keep going, and one day, maybe a wooden boy will save you. That's a weird story, but wooden hope springs eternal. Stay positive. Stay with me. Otherwise, it's just me and that weird CD, and that is a quick story. This is a story that's, like, bothered me a lot since I heard it. It's called The Wisdom of Silenus. It comes from the ancient Greeks. There was the god of wine and parties Dionysus. He was the original party dude. He was in the parlance of the time, like all that and a bag of mutton. Yeah, I know one says that anymore. That's how old this story is. He had a drinking buddy, Silenus. You might remember him from the title of this story. They partied all the time. Now, enter into this story, King Midas. Yeah, yeah, the gold touch guy. Or, or maybe it was a different King Midas. I'm not sure if Midas was a common name. Or This Midas wanted the wisdom of the gods. He wanted to know the secret to life itself. But he knows he can't catch a god because they're gods. But Silenus, the friend, he's fair game. Midas somehow finds his way to one of Dionysus's ragers and hides out until the morning and jumps out. All the gods and the demigods and the mystical what's-its, they all vanish or fly away or do whatever mythical things do. But Silenus, he's hung over, stumbling, and Midas grabs him and slams him against a tree. And Silenus is like, rude. And Midas is like, hey, jerk, tell me the secret to life. Silenus is pissed. He looks Midas right in the eyes and lets him have it. He says, it is best not to have been born at all, but having been born, it's best to die soon. That's the story. That's fucked, right? But for the Greeks, it was true. It is best not to have been born, but having been born, it is to die soon. That's what they lived with every day. To overcome that truth, they made art. The Greeks created beauty to distract from the pain of living. The more beautiful the art, the more the pain behind it. There's something similar in Buddhism. Dukkha, the suffering of the mundane life. But to be honest, I, I don't really know enough about that to really get into it because we have a bias towards Western Civ and our culture and the Eastern stuff gets sort of shunted to the side. Like, 
in high school history class, we spent six units on the American Revolution, but the Maya, Aztecs, and the Inca, well, they got a little info box at the end of a chapter. Native American culture was vast and complex, and all we learned was that they called corn maize. So what Silena said, it's a lie, but the problem is it's a lie that at times feels so true. I feel it a lot. But if I talk loud enough, if I turn up the CD, flip through the Garfield pages long enough, I can drown out Silenus, who is constantly whispering in my ear, it's best not to have been born, but being born to die soon. We fight it with art. Even shitty art can save you. Maybe even this, you and me. We can get through this shit. Stuff. Sorry. If I had a swear jar, I'd probably use it for other things. Honestly, swear jars are low priority at this point in history. The Greeks wrote their plays so we could die with those heroes on stage, so we could feel the release of dying without really doing it. We tell stories to survive. We make narratives out of our messy lives. On our best days, we make our lives art. This will sound super cheesy, but sometimes we need some Gouda in our lives. Especially on dark mushroom days like today. We're lucky we had the chance to live, to see a, a, a Van Gogh painting, to hear Mozart, to smell really good Indian food. Hold on to that. It keeps me going when all I have to read is a page-a-day Garfield calendar. I know, in the middle of the night, in your bunker or house or wherever you are, when you hear Silenus calling... When he says, it's best not to have been born, but having been born to die soon, remember, I'm here too. I hear him too, but I'm still here. If an idiot like me can still be here, you can too. Don't let Silenus get in your head, because he's, he's not even real. He's a story. He's, he's art. The ancient Greeks were wrong. But they made some great stuff. Plays, statues, mosaics. But besides, they're all dead anyway, so they got what they wanted in the end, I guess. Sorry. That was all. Death is all. There's no good way to get your arms around it. But you make do. Ginny was like 12 or so when her grandmother died. Old enough to understand it, but not old enough to understand it. But her dad, to make her feel better, he read her the obituaries, the other ones, to show her that she wasn't alone. That death wasn't personal, it was part of everything. There were other grandmothers. There were grandfathers, fathers, sons, daughters, rich people, poor people, nobodies, famous people. They all died too. Later, like years later, she told her dad how much that helped. He didn't even remember doing it. He had no memory of it. He said he just liked reading obituaries. But to Ginny, that memory was gigantic. Even though to him it was just a blip, I mean, not even a blip, a forgotten blip, but to her it was everything. We never know how much we can even accidentally make things better. There was a word, a a German word, or or maybe Norwegian, a, a word that means that moment when you realize everyone else around you has just as rich and meaningful life as you. I don't remember the word. I have no way to find it. Surprisingly, it's not in the Garfield calendar. But I think about that word, whatever it is. I I, I think about the idea of the word. You ever live that word? I did, at least once. 
sometimes when Ginny would work on her art stuff, I'd walk to Starbucks, which I know, corporate sellout, their coffee, blah, blah, I agree in advance, but it was a short walk from our condo, so... This one time I was in line, this guy in front of me, I, I, I don't know, it's like he just appeared on earth or what. He was like, what's that about every coffee? What's a flat white? What's a cortado? What's a latte? I swear, he said that. What's a latte? I was about to get furious because he was taking forever and I, and I wanted to get back to my wife because Beckett was, uh, it was like a Beckett play. But then I thought about all of history how it all had converged to this moment. Some humans left Africa, moved across the world, languages formed, tribes formed, empires rose, trade routes, architecture, Ethiopians cultivated coffee, the Chinese invented paper, Romans, Silk Road, Christianity, Islam, the Mongols decimate Central Asia, allowing Europe to grow and expand, the rise of the Ottomans, the Ottomans introducing coffee beans into Europe, the French king who kept a coffee plant in his private garden, the man who stole it and brought it to the Americas and started the coffee trade, the age of discovery before that, Europeans finding the Americas, not really finding it. The Ice Age that caused a land bridge that brought people to the Americas to begin with. The fact that Europeans were so dirty and gross that their diseases spread. Death, life, births, slavery, coffee plantations, American independence, buildings, the railroads, plastics, the Gadsden Purchase, Nixon in China, all of history, good and bad, that created Starbucks and me being here and this guy from wherever he came from who doesn't know what a latte is and how amazing is it that that language was even created? These words and letters and then the whole things, it's just a series of events so far beyond our control. I almost wonder how the guy isn't baffled about the very concept of everything. What's a latte? What's an alphabet? What's privilege? What's a table? What's the invisible hand of capitalism? I, I am just overwhelmed by it all. I am filled with love and, and, and compassion and joy. <laughs> The feeling lasts, I, I don't know, like two minutes, and then I'm putting milk in the coffee, and I spill some on my sleeve, and I hate everything again. Silenus and me back in the petty, self-centered thick of it. What's that mean? Huh? That moment? Fuck if I know! Sorry, this show isn't about answers. Fill in the morning isn't about a big reveal. It's about the mystery, because... Shit, folks, I don't have answers. I don't even have coffee. What did the guy even end up ordering? Anything? I was so wrapped up in how civilization got us here. I don't, I don't even know what happened to him. I mean, I'm not saying it's good that history made this moment happen, made me happen, but here we are. Here I am, the guilty recipient of historic accidents and luck, lots of guilt, survivor's guilt. I'm here, and a lot of people... past is over. The future is unknown. One is born, one dies. The land increases. I'm just here. The mushrooms, they... Ginny would have kicked Silenus in the dick. I would have apologized for bothering him. I was so happy to let Ginny follow her dream follow her. You'd have liked Jenny. 
she'd have... She'd have... It's lighting up. Can you? Oh fuck! Um, hold this. Uh, hold on. Uh, uh. Hello, hello. Oh shit! Hello, are you? Sorry, it's buzzing. I can't hear. Hold on. Uh, please, please. Uh, focus. 